0: blog talk radio you've heard about it you've read about it you've talked about it and now you've found it this is truth about trucking live on blog talk radio the largest radio social network in the world with your host alan smith a veteran of otr trucking business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now.
1: And
2: hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show, and Happy New Year to one and all. Hope everyone had a great holiday season, and we are here to kick off a new year right here on Blog Talk Radio. Appreciate you tuning in this evening. Today is Thursday, January 12, 2012, and we are live from the Sunshine State. Now, Donna brought in the new year in a very special way, laid up in the hospital, but I had a short night at work on New Year's Eve and was able to make it to her hospital room at four minutes past midnight and was able to wish her a happy new year. I was four minutes late but still made it close enough and she was just laying there watching all of the new year parties going on on the tv and she got to watch the ball drop from new york city like she does every year but but she was released from the hospital on new year's day. She's back home and doing well and she is right here with us again on truth about trucking live and donna what a way for you to ring in the new year, huh?
3: Well, I'll tell you, I'd rather um, fix things on the way out of 2011 and bring all good things for 2012 in. So I kind of looked at the glass half full in that case, but I do appreciate everybody, um, all the emails and, and well wishes and prayers, and um, it's. It, I'm just real optimistic about 2012, so anyway i didn't know you were going to announce that (laughs) yeah well you know that's one
2: that's a good way to look at it i mean uh out with the old and in with the new huh
3: yeah i mean uh you know i was released on new year's day and i i kind of looked at that as okay this is a good thing get things all squared away and and on the road so uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) well good well i'm glad you're back well what's um what news or announcements do you have for us on our first show of the new year?
3: Well, okay. Well, I think I'll I'll start out about our our convention first. Um, You know, everyone, we're having the second annual Truck Driver Social Media Convention, and it will take place in Kansas City, Missouri, on October 27th and 28th at the Harris Hotel and Casino. Um, Our goal this year is United We Stand, And this year, again, um, we'll be uniting professional drivers, those who support them. It's our goal to, once again, honor the drivers uh, for all of us to gather together in unity as we address uh, many of the issues that are really very vital to our industry. We do have a sign-up form so you can get more information that we're sending out. It will go right to your mailbox. You Just go to www.truckingsocialmedia.com and fill it out, and you'll have all the up-to-date information. And thanks, everyone, for taking the survey and letting us know what you wanted included in next year's convention. Um, So far we have uh, topics on employment law. Paul Taylor will be back again. Uh, CDL training and licensing, federal regulations, truck driver health issues. Uh, professional truck driver awareness, and of course social media and how to utilize it for your business and personal objectives. Um, well, we're going to have another Making a Difference Award. As everyone knows, Hope Rivenberg was the uh, recipient of the Making a Difference Award last year. Very, very well deserved. Um, that was almost a unanimous. And um, let's see our our goal again uh i mean we have we have so many different visions for this this year so we're going to acknowledge and unite drivers like we said um while also industry companies and leaders will be supporting their efforts and achievements while networking with one another uh for the entire good of the industry because it's our personal goal to host an event uh where people will be attending including drivers attendees sponsors Everyone who wants to raise the standards of the trucking industry, a place where quality information can be shared, people of integrity can gather together, network and learn and share their uh, share their knowledge really um, Most of those attracted last year were people who had passionate beliefs and commitments, whether they were drivers or sponsors or attendees um or organizations. And all of our sponsors last year not only represented a a quality service or product, but they were um, involved in areas other other than than their own personal uh, goals, whether it was human trafficking or Jason's Law, uh, regulatory advisory for drivers, anti-idling alternatives, things like that. So this is really going to be a a great gathering uh, for the industry this year. uh, just give us give us an, shoot us an email if you're if you're interested in being a sponsor info at truckingsocialmedia.com. dot com. We're presently selecting sponsors for the event. Our phone number is three five two five zero five eight one six two. And we want to welcome our very first silver sponsor, Tripsheet Central. Um, let's see, Eddie Gachui was our speaker actually from Tripsheet Central last year on owner-operator success, and everyone who knows Eddie uh, knows he's, he has uh, an incredible desire to see drivers overcome the obstacles in this industry. Um, his his honesty and integrity is it, absolutely second to none, so we're very thrilled to have him on board as our very first silver sponsor. Um, let's see, bronze sponsor. Thank you very much, Dan Matuli of Transport Watch, a new type of service that stops fraud in its tracks. Uh, another another uh, website and and person of integrity, um, the Transport Watch service will actually uh, take your ability to verify your potential business partners uh, to a new level. Uh, it provides a quick and effective tool to help you protect your revenue, transportwatch.com. And then we have KC Trucker, Dan Harmon, um, of KCTrucker.com Spoke to Dan Harmon today uh, Another another couple That has a lot of passion Within the industry And theirs happens to be Children's Charities So uh, their on board Is a bronze sponsor uh, Their main charity Is the Children's Miracle Network uh, They support Wounded Warrior Project uh, Truckers Charity They do VFW work And they will be hosting The first annual Chrome Christmas to collect distraction toys and funds for the uh, Children's Miracle Network, where uh, they'll be transporting them actually in a convoy of motorcycles and hot rods. Boy, I'd like to get in on that one. <laughs> so anyway, that's the news on uh, the social. We'll have a lot more on the Trucking Social Media Convention as it comes up.
2: You know, there's there's one more bronze sponsor, isn't there? Uh, Money Saving Tips.
3: Oh, yep, yeah, Money Saving Tips, yes. Um, yeah,
2: Money Saving Tips for TruckDrivers.com. It's a great site.
3: Yes, uh, Vicki and Mike Simons. And, boy, I'll tell you, they are a passionate couple within the industry. If you go on Twitter and follow them... Uh, they've always got something, you know, really heartfelt. That, that's what I love about all the people that are attracted to this. These, these, this isn't like a sell fest. And drivers last year was like, oh, people are going to be selling. No, it's not like that. These are people that have they they have services and products, but they also have uh, a sincere desire within the industry to be a part of positive change. So we, we're really excited this year, uh, just as we were last. Um, truckers Against Trafficking Awareness Month. Uh, this is the truckers, the uh, human trafficking awareness month. Uh, everyone knows the Truckers Against Trafficking website uh, is to inform all of us about the atrocities of the human trafficking that uh, goes on in our nation. It's uh, it's a horrible thing to admit, but you know you can't put your head in the sand it ha- it's happening and we all need to be a part of uh something to do something about it. Uh please go to www.truckersagainsttrafficking.com. Look at the video. That's all I'm going to say. Just look at the video and you will become involved. Okay. Uh oh, this is pretty exciting. Tony Justice, if everybody remembers at the convention last year, Tony Justice was part of our entertainment. The, the singing trucker. The singing trucker. And uh, I tell you, he he's fantastic. I don't know what else to say about him, but he did a tremendous performance for us. And uh, guess what? Tony Justice has been invited to perform at the 2012 Free Grammy Awards party in Hollywood, California.
2: That's amazing. Is
3: that totally awesome but, or
2: what? But you know he he is so talented. I I honestly I don't think he realizes how how good he is. Uh,
3: you know I, I think most people who are humble don't. And he has such a humble and sincere attitude that that doesn't surprise me at all
2: well i'm not humble i'm really good (laughs) (laughs) of course when people like that say that they're not so (laughs) but he is he he's he's a i mean he's got the voice and the looks and uh i mean that's really exciting i mean the grammys Uh, that's
3: just i mean we i read that and i was just like i was so excited (laughs) i was ready to jump out of my chair um but anyway, uh, we were we're proud that he was he was our entertainment last year, and um, you know we'll be praying for him, and and I'm sure I think good things are on his way. Uh, Pilot Travel Centers, uh, you know, knows a good thing because they're supporting Tony. They have his albums uh, in in their stores uh, on the road. Yep. And so you can pick it, pick it up and see what we're talking about. And finally, this is real exciting. Um, Alan and I will be attending Matt's this year. We'll have a live Truth About Trucking live broadcast at the Hajian Dynasis APU booth. Um, uh, Dynasys is um, a sponsor of Blog Talk Radio. And as you know, they were also our gold sponsor last year at the Truck Driver Convention. Uh, wonderful product. We did a show not too long ago with the CEO, David Hancock, um who, who's not a very highly rated apu and with their guaranteed financing um it's just a, a a good deal all the way around um but anyway um they support the uniting of truck drivers and they also are part of making positive change in the industry so we will be at their booth uh doing a live radio broadcast and we'll be announcing things later as it gets a little closer but that's uh that's in uh, for Matt in March. Um, I don't have the dates down, Alan. I think it's like the 24th or something like that, 22nd through 24th. 22nd through 24th, I okay. think. Yeah, the
2: third week of March we'll be taking Truth About Trucking Live on the road for the first time. So that should be interesting.
3: Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And um, I think that's it for my announcements tonight. Um, okay. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, Good. Well, our guest this evening is regulatory expert Richard Wilson of TransProducts.com, and as uh, you know, and Richard was also one of our special speakers at the first annual Truck Driver Social Media Convention last October. And we're going to be discussing several things on the show this evening. We're going to try to get it all fitted in here. And I see the lines are are uh, beginning to fill up with listeners. Appreciate you being here. But we're going to be discussing. Uh, Uh, We're going to be talking about the upcoming new changes to the hours of service rule. We'll talk about what is going on with the FMCSA and anything new concerning the sleep apnea testing for the professional truck driver. And we'll touch on something that is kind of quiet that is going on within the industry, and that is the FMCSA stepping up their enforcement on drivers and motor carriers about safety issues and having even shut down several motor carriers for safety violations, implementing huge fines so a lot to talk about and we'll get started with our special guest richard wilson of transproducts.com coming up on right here our first show of the new year here on truth about trucking live be right back
0: you're listening to truth about trucking live on blog talk radio alan smith will be right back
1: Big John's coming, save yourself and run. Don't hesitate, contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town.
2: Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them
1: on Truth About Trucking Live.
0: This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show.
2: Okay, new HOS rules to fully take effect. Still a ways away, not until July 1st, 2013, but nevertheless, they are coming. A lot of discussion going on concerning the sleep apnea issue drivers will be facing and the FMCSA tightening down on drivers and motor carriers, handing out big fines and shutting down motor carriers for safety violations, and uh, this includes some of those big bus lines out there as well. Some we have heard about, others we have not, but make no mistake, the uh, FMCSA is coming down hard on motor carriers when it comes to safety violations. Uh, just take a listen to uh, how the DMV is cracking down on uh, motor carrier safety violations. This comes from um, uh, Channel News 8, WTNH YouTube channel. But here's uh, Lieutenant Donald Bridge of the Connecticut uh, State uh, State Police. We do every day of the week stopping commercial vehicles to ensure they're safely operated, make sure drivers are wearing their safety belts, not texting, not using their cell phones, not driving badly, uh, speeding, following too close, using their turn signals. Uh, Inspectors are also going to be looking for uh, equipment that's properly fixed, repaired, tires aren't bald, uh, no flat tires, loads are secured properly on the vehicle, remove any of those unsafe vehicles from the road or the unsafe drivers from the road, drivers who are improperly licensed, things like that. Again, hot lights, what we do every day. Okay, what they do every day. So, uh, a lot of issues for drivers and motor carriers to sit up and take notice. And with us to talk about all of this that's going on within the industry today uh, is our gas regulatory expert from transproducts.com, Richard Wilson. So, Richard, uh, welcome back to the show. Oh,
4: thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, been a long time, been a long, busy couple months. And I am, Donna, I'm glad to hear that you're up and running around and ready to
2: go at it again.
3: Uh, thank you, Rich. Yeah, it's good to be back
2: uh yeah she she's a tough one she's hanging in there and doing good and we're staying on top of it but i yeah i figured you would be uh, uh staying pretty busy right now and like i said some of the stuff you're not even hearing about we know about gunther transport and some of the bus lines have been shut down but i think a lot of that going on that we haven't even heard about so we got a lot to try to touch about let's uh I guess I, I wasn't going to talk much about HOS because it's so far away, but we've been getting a lot of people wanting us to do a show, so we'll just jump in there. Let's just start with the HOS. I mean, the new HOS rules that we're going to be coming down, I mean, uh, w- w- big deal or not? What, what, what do you say?
4: Well, <clears throat> I think we're kind of surprised. Uh, uh, basically, what, what the way it was uh, put together was everybody sat around, uh, December, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. It was like this giant balloon that kept growing and growing bigger, and then all of a sudden, when it popped, there was like this little fortune cookie there that uh the main thing was not losing the ten hours um you know or losing the eleven to ten um you know a couple of the the rule changes uh that really are more significant that's going to come in. Compliance in July of 2013 is going to be the uh, 34-hour restart, which seems to be the biggest issue at that particular time, um, and how that's going to work. And we have discussed this before. Um, they gave us a real big break. They moved it from one from six or midnight to 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, but what they did was. <clears throat> is they made it so that uh, they put the wording in of 168 hours, and if you add 724s, it comes up to 168. Now that's you know that's not uh, just driving on duty like the 14 hours cumulative to the old 70 and and eight and 60 and 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 seven. What that means is that's all. Combined hours. So once you get to that 168th hour, you're going to have to put her down for a period of 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Very, very. And and to give you an example, say you get done at, um, say you would get done at uh, 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon, then you could start again. uh, uh, You know, you 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 can only do it once in a seven-day period. So if you got done at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m. on a Friday afternoon, you couldn't use the 34-hour restart again until the following week at 5 p.m. on Friday night, which is going to impact a lot of carriers. That uh, say, for instance, you uh, you took your 34-hour restart and you started and you run Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday they didn't have anything and they decided well we're going to you know we got a load that's going you know 3200 miles um, go ahead and take a couple days off and then we're going to send you out like on Thursday or Friday so you can be out there on Monday no nah, ain't going to happen simply because you're going to have to wait for 34 hours which takes that long haul trucker especially out of the quotient and makes it not available so either he has to work once you start on Sunday night or Monday morning, you have to continue to work that full week or the impact is going to be you losing money because you can't leave again till Sunday even if you take, you know, Thursday or Friday off. That's the key item that's going to be on the 34 hour. If anything probably ends up in court, I'm thinking it will be that because that does have financial impact on carriers as well as drivers. The rest break uh, uh, new rule on the rest break um, taking a 30 minute in eight hours. You figure it. when you do a log every day, or you have an electronic onboard recorder, if you're so lucky, then you know you will uh, basically now you only get out of a 14 hour day, you only get 13 and a half hours anyway. You have to take a 15 minute pre and a 15 minute post. So every 14 hour day in actuality is only 13 and a half hours. Well, now. It very simply states if you start driving and, say, you drive five hours, then you take a 30-minute break, then you can drive again to the end of your 11th hour because you split it up. Or you can drive straight eight hours, take a 30-minute break, and then continue driving for the remainder of the uh, two-and-a-half hours. Um, Because it will count, that 30 minutes does count, in uh as as a rest break and will have to be so noted on your logs which tells me i see a foreman manner for a while getting drivers getting rode up on forgetting to put in there because hell half of them that i want the log audits can't even spell the change of duty status locations or forget to put them in there so now you've got to add another one on the explanation box of the word resting and it will have to be uh, required that on that log that you must so note it as resting. So we're down to a 13-hour day. So if you remember the old, uh, uh, the original notice of proposed rulemaking that came out, it said one of the things they wanted to do was reduce the uh, hours from a 14 to a 13. Well, we kept the 11, but they squiggled into the 13-hour. So the 14 hours really an erroneous information because you actually only get 13 hours. But what I want to kind of touch base on, it's been sort of the problematic uh, issue that is coming into compliance February 27th of this year, and I've been getting a lot of questions on, is what they call resting in a parked vehicle or resting in a moving vehicle. Very simply, guys that have, like you, Alan, that have day cabs can now if you really understood the regulation before, it stated that if you were off-duty in a day-cab type of environment, you got out of that truck and you took time off, you could not stay in the truck, because as we know, if you remained in the truck in a day-cab, you were on-duty, not driving. <clears throat> right. So what do we do? We change the terminology to where now for because of safety reasons and reasons and maybe not being able to uh, safely walk around wherever you're at, or you may not even be able to get out of your truck, as in some locations, that now you can log that off as uh, resting in the truck. You can go off-duty and mark it as resting. Now, the key to this is your company has to allow you, and you have to basically prove some way or another that to be off-duty and resting you are not in control of the truck. You are not in control of the loading of it, <clears throat> and and um, you know they and they have to you know give you permission to be out of there because the rule itself states, and it all it did was it changed the definition only. It changed the definition under on duty, and the way it changed it was under the on duty. It says if you. Uh, uh, you have to be in control, and then it says, "On to all time in or on a commercial motor vehicle, other than time spent resting in or a parked vehicle, except as otherwise pr- provided, which you're very familiar with." Alan, three ninety five, I mean, three ninety seven point
0: five. You're a hazmat
4: mm-hmm. hauler. Sorry, man. You got to keep an eye on your truck. You can't rest. So. <laughs> The thing about this is, if you think about it, what did we try to get uh, able to be able to get, like, the five-on, five-off or whatever? A smart driver can take this, and and it doesn't increase your 14-hour day. Let me start by saying that. They did not change what the 14-hour rule and the 10 consecutive hour, the 8 and 2 split that provision is still in there so because it's still in there all time less than eight or ten consecutive counts against your 14. so let's say you go to a loading dock the guy tells you hey your load ain't going to be ready for four hours fine you go out you park on the you go out and you sit in your truck now your company says okay you're sitting there you're waiting you're not doing anything you're not inspecting the truck you're going to log that off as resting for that four hours, okay? What's that do? That makes it so that the carrier doesn't have to pay you now because he's relieved you from duty, okay? That yeah, could be a problem. Nobody really looked at that part of it, but <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, I know. I look at it from all sides, right? Now right. You can mark that off as resting, but it doesn't. It doesn't do anything to your hours. But let's say you really get, like a lot of my friends that are on Facebook that get stuck somewhere in an oil field or on in the desert or at a loading dock or there's some idiot that doesn't know how to load his low boy and he's waiting, you know, or whatever. And say, for instance, you got in and you got permission to be off duty and you were off you were resting even in a day cab for eight consecutive hours, okay? Once you reach that eight consecutive hours, you comply with the eight and two split now because you don't have to have a sleeper to be resting. So you could inevitably come back on duty, all right, and under the rule it goes to the end of the last period. So at the end of that eight hours, you could continue to drive until you reach the 14th hour because you're obviously not going to have 11 hours driving at that point. You can drive to your 14th hour, Pull into somewhere, have permission to be off duty, rest for two more hours, and now what have you just accomplished? You fulfilled your what? Your ten hours.
2: Ten hour,
3: yeah.
4: Now I'm going to ask you a question, and 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 let me be the devil's advocate here, only kind of a, and let me let me preface this by saying, sarcasm, folks. What driver is going to get rest in a day cab unless in the old days, like when I had my road boss with a board, a board, a blanket, and a pillow that I could lay across the seat that is going to get any kind of rest, so where they pull in there and they get that two additional hours, now they've reset their 14-hour clock. Or another scenario that's even greater, but it happens in our industry, and everybody listening, I know know somebody, or it happened to them, where you were stuck somewhere for 10 consecutive hours. Well, if you're stuck at 10 consecutive hours sitting in a day cab, all of a sudden now you've complied with your 10 consecutive hours off-duty your 14-hour clock would reset, and then you could go on down the road and continue driving your driving. Well, you know, you and I both know that's probably going to be a rare situation. It's not going to happen. And I have a feeling that once the advocates, Pat, and Crash figure this out, it's going to be a little bit more trouble. But the problem is, and I talked to several people at the Federal Motor Carrier just in the last couple of weeks about this, if you call the Federal Motor Carrier, you're going to love this, people. If you call the Federal Motor Carrier right now and you ask for an interpretation of this rule or an explanation, the official statement is go to our website and look at the press release and look at the rules. Why? They ain't figured it out. It's that complicated. The other problem, and, 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 and now as far as the team drivers, What you can do, it says now, okay, you get out of your seat, you get over into the um, uh, passenger seat, and you don't feel like going to bed right away. You can sit there for two hours. Then you have to go in and you take your eight. Or what you can do is go in the sleeper for two hours. Then you can get out of the sleeper, go sit in the passenger seat for two hours, and try to wake up, drink coffee, whatever. Now, the main thing we have a problem with the <clears throat> take that same scenario and take the 34-hour rule. If you're driving a team and the one driver, he hits the 168 hours, you can put the other driver back into the sleeper, okay? And then once you reach your period, the other person can, by that time, if you play it right, they can get out of the sleeper. They will have had their 38 hours. They can get in the truck and drive. What's going to happen, it's going to, be, it's going to roll down the line. Eventually, both of you are going to run in together, and you're going to end up with that truck shut down. And I figured it out about several ways. And the, about the best scenario is maybe an hour to two hours total that there's going to be a time when that truck does not roll in a 14-day period. Okay. But like I said, that one don't come into 2013, and the only way a team driver can be in in a vehicle and take the two-hour consecutive uh, or two hours uh, resting will be in the seat. Now, if the two of them are sitting at a loading dock and, you know, one of them needs to go off-duty as resting and go in that sleeper and get ten consecutive And the other person stay up, so whenever they get done, if it's less than 10 or 8, then the person can get out of the sleeper, get in and drive, and then the other person can go and start their 10 hours. So you see what I'm saying? It's kind of confusing, but let me tell you something. Let's thank the FMCSA, and I want to thank the truck drivers, And I forget the number. It was like 20, 21,000 comments. It was the largest
1: comment
4: on any rule that's ever been put into a comment period. And the listening sessions and the information and truck drivers and companies standing up against the information and the data presented by the advocacy groups that proved that 11 hours of driving was not any more detrimental than the 10 hours. And they really, this could have been a lot worse than what it is. And how do we gauge that? Here it is, the 12th of January. This came out the 23rd of December, and I have not heard an official filing of a court document trying to stay this rule. I know somebody's talking about it, and they're saying they're going to, but, I don't know of anything yet that has actually been laid on the desk of a judge okay. well well
3: that's that's really incredible, and I think that just shows uh rich like what you've been preaching, you preached it at the convention you that drivers need to make the noise need to stand up and unite in an intelligent fashion, and that's what's going on right now,
4: boy, didn't it pay off? It wasn't it wonderful <laughs> yeah. I mean. It, Everything that, like you said, preach is right. My my poor soapbox caved in because we'll talk about <laughs> sleep apnea later, but I'm too fat with a too big a neck. But uh, anyway, uh, and then, of course, the oil field exemption, if you really read it, basically, uh, you, here we go again, is more of a form and manner issue where you've got to designate waiting time versus where before you didn't have to. But what I really want to talk about that's concerning everybody that's listening tonight and that we all have to be very cautious about. And it ties in what you were saying earlier, Alan, about the, the federal motor carrier really cracking down on everybody.
2: Uh-huh. Hey,
4: we all know CSA. We all know the purpose of CSA. CSA was to make the drivers more accountable for their actions. Okay? Now, I love the word the federal government came up with, Egregious egregious it even sounds nasty you get an egregious hours of service violations well they're going to pull you right out of the vent window of the truck and you're going to be on an episode of cops okay it's egregious you know why couldn't they say serious violation no they came up with a word that half the people i know can't even pronounce they had to look it up so egregious The egregious hours of service violations Three or more hours beyond the 11 and 14, 70, or 60. Any three-hour period more, okay? Now, take into consideration that if you look back at the what they call the extraordinary circumstance rule, where if it's bad weather, uh, you know, uh, un- unforeseen traffic, i.e. accidents, and let me be very specific when I explain this, that doesn't mean just because you're on say, Interstate 66 outside of Washington, D.C., and you're going to 81 from the east side, uh, that traffic's like that every day. That's not extraordinary. That's normal traffic patterns. It has to be exceptional, and they will grant you a period of time as long as you so noted on your log that it was an accident, 95 was shut down, 85, you know, 70, whatever, you know can any of those major highways or any road you're on or say you're diverted off a road because of road closings and traffic stops or whatever it does not include that but the thing about it is if you get a 3 hour violation and i don't know anybody in this industry and if they tell you they've never had one they're a downright liar has had a 3 hour
1: but
4: vi- <clears throat> cer or 3 hour violation <clears throat> Some may have gotten a fine, and the guy says, you go down the road. Some may have put you out of service for 10 hours. If it would be after the 70 or 60, you could possibly get shut down at the scale or wherever you're at for 34 hours. Now, this is the part I want everybody to understand. The guy that writes you up at the scale is going to write you up, give you the normal fine for whatever that is for that particular state, And worst-case scenario, you're going to be placed out of service. The problem is, CSA, folks, when that paper goes back to the federal government, your roadside inspection, and the federal government sees that you have a three-hour violation because of now the driver with a CDL has a file just like the trucking companies. We all know it is PSP or the file on the driver on the C D L I S. When that driver gets a three or more hour violation, okay? And it goes on there and it will flag it. The first one probably not is what they're telling me. But if you have two or more three hour violations of the seventy, sixty, fourteen or eleven in a non-time designated time, okay, so it doesn't say six months, a year, three months, it just says two or more, you will get a civil penalty in the mail for $2,700 as a driver.
2: Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying earlier. You know, these these big fines are are just, I mean, where they come from? I mean, that, well, they just... Pull it out of a hat. And just say, okay, well, we'll 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 find them twenty seven hundred dollars. That sounds good. Now this takes no, place February, in February, doesn't it?
4: About a year and a half ago, when they uh, redid
2: the uh, fine structures on what classified
4: as a first and second offense. Automatically now, and it, and it actually what it derived from it came out of compliance reviews and interventions. That actually what would happen if you remember under CSA. Remember under CSA when they said it could be a non on site intervention. Right. This is a non on site intervention. You will get a letter on your first one saying you've gotten a three hour, you better behave yourself. That automatically means you go to the maximum fine allowed to be fined to drivers because your next violation puts you into that category and you're now talking a $2,700 fine. Your company, your company will also get those three hour violations. And under hours of service of the seven basics, if they just like you know more accidents in which you're allowed to have per million miles and all that, if your company has say three drivers that get three three-hour violations, the company will get an eleven thousand dollar fine.
2: Gee, yeah, you know, and a lot of drivers don't even make twenty-seven hundred dollars a month. What was it you were asking, Donna?
3: Oh, I was just going to say these fines. Don't they take place next month? are isn't this enforced next month?
4: Yes, February twenty seventh, okay. two thousand twelve.
3: Yeah, and and I think this is the confusion that uh, you know we, we try we're trying to straighten out tonight because people are going oh well that's not till you know two thousand thirteen. No, these are happening next month. Exactly. And,
2: <laughs> yeah, two th- 2013 is when everybody has to be in compliance with the new rules.
4: It, that, that's when the date of the uh, 34-hour restart and the rest breast, breast breaks take place.
1: Yeah, the let final me ask- rule
4: goes into effect on February 27th on the on-duty time, the resting uh, definition change, and the penalties. And the oil field exemption, by the way.
2: Let me ask you real quick too, because I mean you you know this stuff upside down, backwards, and boy, you, I mean you just zoom across, through it fast, and I'm sitting here with a you know a headache trying to follow you. I, I just want to ask you real quick on the 34 hour break again. So if I'm if I'm out there, I hit my 70 hours for the week. I can't take a straight 34 hours off anymore and start my 70 again.
4: No, there will not be a 34 hour straight 34 anymore. All 34 hours when you reach it. We'll have two periods of one a.m. to five a.m. So, like, if you, Alan, say you get home at one thirty Saturday morning, your thirty-four hour restart just just went to fifty-one hours.
2: Well, okay, yeah, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out what this thing's going to do to me. So, I get out there. Uh, you better, I, so you the, better The, be 30, home the, the, night. the thirty-four okay. hours has to include two periods between one and five a.m. Right. At at any time during the week?
4: You get one every hundred and sixty eight hours. So hundred and sixty eight hours is seven full days, okay? So once you reach your seventy hours, you max if you if now let me let me just to clear this up. If you if you work an eight day schedule, in other words your company works seven days a week, you're allowed seventy hours. If your company only works six days a week or seven days a week Or six days a week, you can only take 60 hours. Okay? So understand that. A lot of people don't understand that. They take the 70, but they have to be, that company has to work seven days a week for them to get the 70 hours. But say they do, and you reach your 70 hours, you're done. Okay? With that 168 hours means you cannot take another 34 hours. With that 36, until that 168 hours is up, which is seven full days, seven times 24 is 168. So like I was saying, if you if you work and say you get off at Thursday and your boss says, hey, I just bought a new uh, walker tube out in Indiana, I want to send you up to Indiana on, on uh, Sunday to pick that up. So you get off on Thursday. Now you're going to get your 2 1 a.m.s to 5 a.m.s and leave Sunday. Now, you go up there pick up the tube, you bring it back to the terminal. All right? Say you get back Wednesday. So, now, you know, you got to remember your 70 hours started when you left Sunday. So, if you get done early, say you get done Friday, you can't take another 34 hours until Sunday when you went off the other one because you got to have seven full days, not the total amount of hours you drive. So that could literally screw you up. Now, if you do get to 34-hour periods off-duty in that 168-hour window, you have to choose which one that you're going to use because you only can use one.
2: Okay, so I'm okay, so I'm doing my figuring here because uh, you know I I came off the road in '06, so now I'm I'm local, but I work nights, so I work some really weird hours. So if I get off, if I finish my week up, I get done at Wednesday at 4 a.m., then I can legally go back to work Friday at 3 p.m. because I have two periods between one and 5 a.m. Right. Okay, so. Um, Okay, so basically what this is gonna to do to me and and local drivers that run nights is uh it's pretty much gonna knock us out of of really working six days a week because, like you said a minute ago we we would have to be sitting for like i think i had it figured at like fifty one hours is that what you said
4: yeah 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 okay if if you're week if you're week in other words you know if you if you work at nights and you get in after one a m then you automatically lose that period to the next night at 1 a.m., which is a dead period. Right. It's dead. So, okay. you know, you're only looking you. at, say, 23 hours. You have to add that to 34. You know, you add 23 to 34, you're up to 57.
2: Right, right, yeah. I, I I had it figured up in the 50s, and I thought, well, that can't be right, but apparently it is. Well, you know, a lot of people are saying that these changes – are going to decrease safety because more trucks will be on the road during morning hours. So you see that?
4: Oh yes, I, I, I mean I, that well, makes sense. Is to tell you, you can't leave till after 5 a.m., right?
2: Right. But so I get. I mean, I mean millions just...
4: of trucks are going to be scheduled to leave out at 5 a.m. We'll say Sunday morning, as an example, or, or Monday morning. Okay. Right. right. You're going to have all, a, millions of trucks that are going to be heading in the metropolitan areas between the hours of 5 a.m. and 7 a.m., which is the worst time that you can put that many rigs on the road with that many idiots and four-wheelers and tell me that that's a safe thing? You are asking to increase the accidents just by association and by, you know, filling the highways that are already overfilled, you know, the infrastructure is already, you know, too full as it is, but now you take a guy that has to be, say, to Hunts Point Market at 4 a.m. Well, oh. what's he going to have to do? And I'm going back to my old produce days, but I didn't go by the book anyway. But in the old days, it was different. But nowadays, if you've got to be in there at 4 a.m., then you're probably going to either end up having to stay in North Jersey and get done early Friday so you can take, uh, or I mean uh, Thursday, so you can take 1 a.m. Friday night to 1 a.m. Saturday night so you can leave to go into the market at 4 a.m.
2: Right, because I, I, cause I plan my day, I try to plan my day where I don't hit, uh, you know, rush hour traffic in Tampa. Well, the day drivers do anyway, but that's going to be ab- completely opposite now because, I mean, it would make sense to me, like you said, well, we'll just start, we'll start everybody at 5 a.m., and everybody's going to be hitting rush hour traffic.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you got any appointments, any appointments after midnight Monday night, you got to shut down on Thursday night. Automatically. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You cannot leave. You got to have that second period, and if that second period comes in at five a.m. Saturday morning, and you got to be sitting at you know Cisco at two a.m., which a lot of grocery, a lot of markets, you know, a lot of food products. You know, those places start opening at midnight on Sunday night.
2: Right. And you can't miss,
4: don't miss an appointment. Christ.
2: I I can see a big mess because I can't count how many many 2, 3, 4 a.m. appointments I had running the road.
4: Right. Right. Exactly. And, I mean, look at you. You deliver mostly your gas at night, right?
2: Yeah. I'm a night driver, yeah. Right.
4: So guess what? You're automatically, if you've got to make a delivery at 2 a.m., a Monday morning to a gas station, then they have to stop you Thursday night.
0: Yeah.
3: And this is all going to take place next month. I mean, no, no, oh no, no, no,
2: This no, no. no, is no. in July. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is July. So, but it's kind of good <laughs> to start planning it and figuring it out because you don't want July first to get here and everybody's still all confused. <laughs>
4: uh, you, know, you know, you know what I got told unofficially, and this is off the record. <laughs> we're on, we're on the internet, blasting it all over the world, but. Um, Basically, why do you think they put this in by July 1st of 2013? It gave the carriers time to come up with the amount of money. Remember I preached how many extra trucks were going to be on the road, how many drivers were going to lose income? Um, Jason put it perfectly, you know, when I talked to him about it. He said, if you look at the miles that you lose and the revenue per mile you lose just off of losing this time frame, you're going to lose as much as, and he had it figured out to the dime, that you're into twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a. I don't know about anybody else out there, but you come and tell me that I've got a twenty, uh, a twenty thousand dollar a year cut because of some regulation. I'm going to go be the greeter feller at Walmart.
3: <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. I I know. And and don't you think that this is going to put even more pressure on drivers? Um, You know, I mean, it's just irony to me. The Safety is the issue, and the only way I see it is people actually being more stressed out from it all.
4: Well, and the thing about it is every driver is going to have to have a computer so he can put in the data of when he got done to figure out when the heck he's going to start and what's going to happen, I can tell you right now because I see it with the current 30 and the, and the current 10 consecutive. Somebody's going to miss it by, you know, nine and a half hours or 32 and a half hours, or they're going to leave their terminal at 4 a.m. instead of 5 a.m. They're going to get caught, and guess what happens? When you get caught, it revert, you don't get any time. That 34 or 33 hours, we'll say, doesn't count, okay? So guess what that 33 goes back to your 70, Right. You're automatically got a hundred and three hours and then guess what? Are you three hours over your seventy? <laughs> guess what you did? You just had an egregious violation.
2: I agree, guess yeah. how much there,
4: it's gonna cost you. So oh. if you miscalculate by one hour, by fifteen minutes. By fifteen minutes, you miscalculate your thirty four hours, restart. You could end up with a twenty seven hundred dollar fine or another case scenario and Alan, you know what I'm saying. Listen, I know you gotta be off till five a m but this is just absolutely positively got to go, and you're gonna stand there and you're gonna look at that guy and go, "Are you throat in the head? I'm not paying twenty seven hundred dollars so you can appease a customer on a seven hundred fifty dollar load." You're going to yeah, pay me twenty-seven that- hundred dollars just in case I get caught, and if I don't, good for me. If I do, you're paying for it.
2: Yeah, see, and that's where the key lies. I mean, it's all going to depend on whether or not these motor carriers are going to comply with this, which they haven't really. Com- many of them, not all, but many of them, uh, them haven't complied with the rule that we have now. And uh, I, I just, you know, I don't know, man. I see, I see big problems coming.
3: Well, I think but- that's all what Paul Taylor was saying. <clears throat> uh, In his presentation at the convention, and the point he was making is that drivers are going to have to stand up and say no, and not with the answer of, I'm worried about my job. I I think, Rich, you and I were even talking about that.
4: Yeah, you can't say that anymore. I mean, let me tell you something. Yeah, right now you get a ticket or you get something on your PSP. You know, I mean, that's one thing. And, yeah, you might not, you know, get one every year or something like that, you know, and you might be able to, you know, the old proverbial dispatcher saying, you know, he's lying to you or he's getting ready to give it to you, but the first thing he says, can you do me a favor, you know, deal. Well, there is this one thing, and, and this was brought up in a conversation with some regulatory specialists. And, and of course, <clears throat> I'm not going to say who brought this up, <clears throat> but there
1: used to be a <laughs> trucker
4: said, well, you only got to carry seven days in your logbook, so how the hell are they going to know which 34-hour you choose?
1: <laughs>
2: well, there's going to be probably some a lot of little tricks like that they're going to try to get away with. But but then again, well, man, you get caught, it's going to be a hefty fine.
4: Oh, yeah, and I look I look for my sales and loose-leaf logbooks to go through the roof. <laughs>
2: hey, I hear
4: you. They're going to figure this out, but... Let me say this. The 18 months was deliberately put in there because, and, and they won't officially say this, but they know that the big boys are going to get together and they're going to get their lobbyists and there's going to be, if any court filings go in, I believe the court filings will go in against the 34-hour restart.
3: Well, isn't there, isn't there something going on in February where they're, where they're all protesting in Washington?
4: Okay. If, if anybody really read that article about this, uh, what is it—the stand up day or something—the right. show up day? Right. All right. Read it very carefully because it's the shippers, the receivers are going to Washington with their lobbyists, and you know um, the the American Taxing Association uh, is going to go to Washington. And anytime you get shippers, receivers, their lobbyists, and associations that support them, Uh, and if you look at the group of people that's showing up, it's everybody that we're trying to get uh, to pay for waiting time and the the biggest the biggest violators of forcing carriers to run illegally are shippers and receivers. Receivers can you know they get mad, they sit you there, you sit until you run out of hours and then they go, oops, now we want you to back in the door. Well I can't move the truck.
3: Get out get off my
4: lot. You know everything we've all talked about about shippers and receivers and how, you know, the FMCSA does not regulate shippers and receivers to the point where they can force them to do, uh, you know, and pay detention and, 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 you know, and go by legal, you know, you know, they're under not any under scrutiny of law, you know, where they can tell you to run illegally. And if you tell them you're not going to run illegally, then they tell you, well, you'll never haul out of here again, which in any other industry in this country is called extortion. But the thing about it is these people are going to show up in Washington to protest and to complain, do you think they're going to complain? And do you think they're going to care about the truckers? No. They're going to go in and complain about not getting their product when they want to or, uh, you know, not being able to have, like, loading times on Sunday night or unloading and stuff like that. You're going to see a lot more drop trailers, which means uh, the long-term uh, uh, money expenditure on that is going to be damage um you know they're now wanting to put in the triple axle trailers to raise it to ninety one thousand pounds um you know which is going to be more equipment on the road um you know there's going to be a lot more that's going to be put on the driver and the carrier to uh service the customer to get the customer deliveries when the times they want them which means having another driver pick the truck up um you know that you're going to pay a driver to just sit around for 34 hours so he's fresh and ready have your truck take it to the terminal, that guy pick it up, swap it out, take it in, which is going to be a double increase in the amount of manpower in an already short industry. So if you look at it like that, this is a very, very, quote-unquote, egregious scenario to our industry that is so regulated right now and you're actually putting drivers that aren't there, which we all know and we've discussed a million times, when you need to fill seats, you don't fill them with experienced, well trained drivers.
2: Yeah, with all this coming on and uh, haven't even, uh, and let's not forget that, um, you know, with all this happening and everything, possibly we will be hearing uh consumer outcry when uh the cost of cost of goods go up so that's 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 for another show but all right listen time's winding down i want to get a get a quick break in here and when we come back we're going to talk uh we're going to jump on over to sleep the sleep apnea thing that's going on uh, i mean is it uh, uh is it going to be a automatic disqualification if your bmi is over thirty thirty one 31 or over and so we're going to jump on that here before time runs out on us. And so we'll find, that, we'll find the answer to that with our special guest, Richard Wilson of TransProducts.com, uh, right when we come back.
0: You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back.
1: they in down an endless hole But what they gonna do When the big rigs don't roll Tell me what they gonna do When the big rigs don't roll
2: Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live and AssetTrucker.com with an important message for owner, operators, and fleet owners. Hodjohn Incorporated is a company that makes the Dynasys APU, and if you're considering an auxiliary power unit for your truck but thought you just couldn't afford it, you need to talk to the Dynasys guys about their all-new financing program. The Dynasys APU saves fuel and provides AC, heating, plug-in, power, all of those comfort necessities you deserve when you have to shut down for your mandatory break. It's definitely the smart way to be comfortable and save money. Their finance program is designed to make your monthly payment nearly half of what you're spending on fuel with their goal of making APUs available for every hardworking driver. They realize that times are tough and that credit is hard to come by so they offer full credit plans giving all owner operators and fleet owners a guaranteed financing opportunity. They can even get you hooked up with grants that can cover APU costs as well. Give them a call at 1-800-289-8282 toll-free 1-800-289-8282 or just google search Dynasys APU visit them online at com. that's h-o-d-y-o-n dot com the Dynasys APU the best solution to engine idling okay welcome back Richard Wilson regulatory expert with transproducts.com is our guest we've been talking a lot about HOS that's a big, big thing. I want to fit in uh, the sleep apnea thing that's going on. Uh, Before we do that, let's grab a caller here from Colorado, area code 720. He might have a question about uh, the HOS before we get too far ahead here. So, uh, uh, Colorado, you're on the line. Go ahead.
3: Hi, this is Kari. How are you guys?
2: Oh, hi, Kari. You're doing good.
3: My question is, is there a Reader's Digest version of this online someplace? (laughs)
4: Yeah, there there is a Reader's Digest version, and it's more confusing. And if you go onto the uh, uh, Federal Motor Carrier website uh, and you go on the very home page, it has right on there, it says uh, uh, search regulations, or it'll say new hours of service under search regulations. And you click on that, and it comes up with this chart, and the chart gives a very simplistic breakdown into it. But if you take, and then also there's questions, and if you look under the uh, the heading at the top, there's questions and answers, and you can go on there and it breaks it down and you can, uh, it'll answer a lot of questions, but you gotta be careful because you have to go and actually print out a copy of the actual HOS rules and read the section by section and then read it, all three of them together, that way it will define, because this is simplistic, but you have to go back, Kerry, and read some hour, some rules that are deeper into it to get a better understanding of what the intent. Todd Dills and I did an article, and he named it perfectly. It's called Intent Versus Interp, and that's exactly what it is. If you read the intent of the rule, is how you read federal regulations to get the interpretation.
3: Okay, thank you. Hey, Carrie, well, uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you feeling? I'm doing good, thanks. Awesome. All right,
2: thanks, Carrie. Um okay, and and again, you know, uh, Richard, uh I I want to get some time in here for this uh, sleep apnea, but I still want to make a point too on these uh these big fines that uh being that motor carriers and drivers can be slapped onto and you know, a lot of a lot of carriers have been shut down, some that we've heard about but I would uh, imagine that there are, uh, you know, others that have been shut down over safety violations here recently that we're not hearing about.
4: Um, yeah. I, in fact, I'll tell you what, I've been extremely, extremely busy. Uh, in fact, I did an audit today. Um, thank God I got no violations. Uh, but we actually had a carrier. Uh, it was a bus company that was a uh, primary a school bus company, but they also used their school buses to take kids. Uh, to like Baltimore to Philadelphia to Washington DC from the Delaware area, which made them an interstate uh passenger carrier. Um the problem with it was is one of their buses uh was in was uh during a uh audit in, in where they did an on site audit where buses were parked in Washington and they got a uh violation during the audit um which caused the when the paperwork went back because of LaHood's hatred for buses right now, they looked it up and they found out that they had had three accidents in 24 months. All three accidents, none of them were their fault. The buses were stationary and some idiot couldn't see a big yellow tube in the highway and ran into them, which um, constituted a full compliance review and the day they called the woman and notified her of a review, her husband was at home dying, literally dying. And they came in. She had to hire a nurse to go with her husband. They did the review. The review, they found some some things that were wrong, uh, some simple mistakes like where she had used the Board of Education uh, criteria for um, uh, uh, physicals instead of the DOT physical and, and stuff like this. I mean, we were honest mistakes. The day she buried her husband, they served her with papers and gave her 15 days to make a corrective action. I was in oh. Houston, Texas when I got the call doing a job. They flew me home. I spent three straight days of about 14 to 15 hours a day Qualifying every driver, requalifying every driver, DOT wise, doing everything, had to make copies of everything. I faxed over 800 pages to Glen Burnie, Maryland, 800 pages to Dover to the, region, to the local office, and then I had to pack it up, ship it overnight, register receipt. I hand delivered it to Dover. The day before they were shutting this woman down, and she had been in business since
3: 1958. Wow. I mean,
4: That's how un- low can you get?
2: Yeah.
3: You couldn't yeah. push that awful. off for a month. That's pretty awful.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of this stuff is coming down. And you know, I've been saying a while that this sleep apnea thing is going to be a going to be a. Uh, a bigger thing down the road you recently attended the obstructive sleep apnea subcommittee meeting in alexandria virginia um i saw something you threw up there on facebook about um uh bmi 31 and over automatic disqualification did i get that right what's 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 going on with the sleep apnea thing now what uh, uh you were at that meeting and everything
4: yeah to put it in perspective first of all this is a report from the medical review board to the subcommittee that is going to be going back to the full committee uh, for review. Um, So by saying that this is basically was the doctors coming in and give their report and what they requested and to feed uh, the full, I mean the data to the uh, uh, subcommittee on what their findings were on this. And what they decided was, is that uh, uh, there were some contributing factors That accidents were single vehicle accidents were primarily caused by what they call hypoxic. um, uh, uh, Wait a minute, let me think of the word. I got to remember. You're asking me. I got to remember these big words. Hypoxic, (laughs) um, basically drunkenness. Okay, Uh, Uh where the person was was their oxygen absorption was so low that they actually, after five continuous restless nights of sleep, their toxicity was at a level of .05 of the same as an alcohol when it comes to reaction time. So if a person had a single vehicle accident on Thursdays and Fridays, it was probably due to the fact that they were probably not sleeping right. Now, what caused them not to sleep right is they used uh, a formula that was based on BMI and neck size, okay, Okay. BMI and neck size. The original uh, committee reported that they wanted 35 or greater in the BMI, and they came back, and these new studies that were done by people that had used a lesser than 35 BMI showed a 50% increase in probability, probability now, of somebody having a BMI of 30 or greater or a neck size of 17 or greater of having sleep apnea. Okay? So these studies were conducted by people like the University of Pennsylvania who put out and went and canvassed 12 trucking companies to get them to voluntarily go into this program to do a study on drivers. They all refused. So they put up on things like Facebook, Twitter. uh, They advertised in some um, local newspapers that they were doing a free sleep study and that they would actually bring you in and give you a free monitored sleep test if you met the criteria. Wait a minute. If you met the criteria, which means you had to be fat with a big neck, and you went in and took the test. Well, if you would had taken 100 people of all body sizes, how many people under 30 BMI or how many people um, that had a neck size less than 17 would have been diagnosed with um, sleep apnea versus... Mm-hmm. The people that were just fat, yeah, you probably are going to get that many because you'd probably have 50% of the entire study.
1: So yeah, Don, and They Don, admitted is this bunch-
4: that there was 11 studies that were conducted. Every study was a different study, was done in a different location, had different conditions, and the outcomes were all non-consistent and different and could not be used as a governing factor because to, to have all this data, they had to be consistent studies. And our very good friends at Schneider, who happened to come up and did their own study of a group of new hire drivers that came in that automatically met the body, met, and they said it at 30, okay, that met a 30 BMI were automatically at the cost of Schneider, I don't believe, paid for a sleep apnea test. Okay? They had a 30% crash rate with that group of new drivers, but they had a 1% to 1 to oh wait a minute, let me get my numbers here so I'm right. They had a um a 1% risk if they didn't have sleep apnea and a 1.3 to 5.7 if they did have sleep apnea, but they had a 30% reduction in crashes 12 months after the people were diagnosed with sleep apnea. My question to Mr. Schneider was, do you think that maybe these drivers you hired after 12 months had more experience and training under their belts and were better drivers and 30% less likely to crash? Sure, they
3: were all new drivers.
4: Yeah, he he didn't like that.
3: Because he
4: was trying to use their studies as a study to for the government to use instead because he said his study that hisses his words and I hope people, I hope somebody out there maybe has drives for Schneider that they decided that they're going to spend $4,200 average to pre employ and give a fitness test to all new drivers coming in. So, you know, the thing is, and one of the spirited as you put in there, on Stanford found the problem is every different college, every university, every medical center that did a study did not use a consistent study pattern. So the statistics were that came in came in from different locations using different test subjects and different criteria. So none of the studies were of a consistent study. So and then another thing they said was that um sixty percent of all single vehicle accidents that happened were happened by somebody that had a BMI of at least um thirty or greater and had a an neck size of seventeen. Well you know me, you guys, I have investigated a ton of accidents in my years. And, you know, i done commercial, done contract work. I've done my own fleet investigations, and not once, not once have I ever seen an accident report where you had to check a box that said the BMI of the driver was or his neck size was. So right. by saying that, I feel they just threw that information out because remember, you got eight doctors sitting there at a table giving statistics. Now, I think, and like, and, and 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 it's like one of my comments was, "What do you all want? A bunch of Chippendales for truck drivers? they will be an, there'll be empty seats in the Chippendales because all you're going to have is these like ultra-fit super drivers." Well, another factor they took into consideration was the average age. Anybody over the age of forty with a BMI and with a neck size, automatically had a 33% increase in being tired at that point because of their size and their age. The average age of the, of the over-the-road trucker in this country right now is 40 years old or better. So by saying that, any test group that you use of over-the-road truckers are going to meet three criterias right off the get-go because of age, size, weight, and the fact that truckers live a sedimentary life. So by saying they live a sedentary the life, they don't eat well. They they they're they're combined combined to resting. in a you know if they're lucky, they have a you know a, a, a 96 by 70 or 80 inch bunk. But you know we still got some of the old 40, 40 inchers out there and stuff like that. You know you got a guy going to bed. I don't care if he's fat, but he's got to go to bed worrying about if his wife is going to have be able to pay the bills. Uh, if he's going to have a load, if his is going to lie to him, new federal regulations, what well, four-wheeler he's going to run over. And I asked them that. Did, they, did you, anybody take any of that consideration in these studies, that maybe the person isn't sleeping well because the man goes to bed at night with all these regulations and problems that you have thrown onto this? And, and then they throw left, in the truck went,
3: parking on top of it. <clears throat>
4: right. They said, well, that's not a contributing factor what the hell are they? Or, you know, I'm going to get a $2,700 fine if I break a three-hour rule. Or, you know, he's in there in a truck stop drinking coffee, talking to other drivers, and they're all worrying about all this, and our industry in general. They don't take that into consideration. Well, another
3: thing, uh, you brought up the point, you know, there's no box to check what their bmi is so really they're not collecting any data at all i mean where where they pulled this out i'm not really sure but another thing that they don't keep track of is um accidents from drivers of less than 1 year experience new drivers
1: well, so the there's a
3: double whammy on that
1: right we
4: understand that but the medical review board could care less about that okay that wasn't their that wasn't their their study was based on the results of hypoxia um, obstructive sleep apnea uh, and and then they came up with another um diagnostic tool that I can't even pronounce so I apologize to everybody from my slower lower delaware accent but it's called the mamma patty mamma de patty um score which is used by anesthesiologists to where if you go into a doctor and you're going to have surgery, they look down your throat without, without using a, a tongue depressor. And if they can see your uvula, the back of your throat, and they can see a clear, dark hole, you're a one. If there's swelling or some obstruction and your tongue, can, they, they can only see the top middle section of your uvula, then that is a two. If it's almost three-quarters the way closed is a three and fully closed is a four. And then another, and so so we don't even have to have the 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 uh, uh, BMI. We don't even have to have um, the um, neck size. If you have asthma or an allergy or it's spring or it's fall and you have got a sore throat and you go get your DOT physical and they look in your mouth and they go, oh, you you're, you're you you you've got sleep apnea. So now I'm going to get to the meat of it, which Alan was talking about. You will not pass your physical, which makes you medically disqualified to drive, until you get the sleep study, which is going to be probably 10 to 14 days before you get an appointment, so you're going to be out of work, okay? So by the time you get the appointment, if you have insurance, it's probably going to cost you at least your $1,200 deductible, I did research and found that non-monitored will run anywhere from from eight fifty to a thousand, and your insurance company will pay approximately one twelve to one sixty, which leaves you with the balance. Number two, if you don't have insurance, you know damn well, you're going to pay for the guy that does and didn't get you know and they didn't get the full amount of money on, so you're probably going to pay a thirty six hundred dollars for a monitored and about twelve hundred for a non-monitored. Or the third is what they call an unmonitored home study where they mail you a collar or a, a bracelet or an ankle bracelet and it monitors you, uh, but the problem with that is, who's the hell to say they sent in here and I don't put it on my eight-year-old kid? So there's a chain of custody issue there, but the problem of it is, It's too late because once you're diagnosed or once the doctor, which you've got to understand, and somebody put in there spirited, you're absolutely right. The doctors, you know, the new rules come out where the doctor has to be of an occupational health center or approved by the DOT. Well, guess who you think is going to go out and invest in sleep centers? The doctors that are doing DOTs. So if anybody my size walks in there and they go, you're fat, you're going to go get a sleep apnea test at my sleep center, and i'm going to make you go for a full monitored test you got health insurance great you don't well we have a payment plan then once you're diagnosed with it now hopefully you won't be and i'm i i've been through three sleep tests and i do not have sleep apnea by the way but if you do then you're going to have to buy a, a machine and the machine could run you anywhere from uh they said the cheapest they found on cpap was 250 the cheapest i found was 8 and a quarter and Again, yes they'll finance you. Well that's just what truck drivers need is another damn bill and another finance charge. Okay?
2: Yeah. Yeah, let me let me jump in here, we're running out of time. So uh, yeah, just, I just I always just say follow the money, you know, it's a moneymaker thing. But uh so the bottom line is uh this uh BMI of thirty one and over, that's just coming from these preliminary uh uh tests. Well, yeah, we're,
4: we're, we're three, four
2: years down the road. We're three, four five years down the road before you see anything. Before okay, that's what I was wanting to get at. So uh, yeah. okay, uh, listen, time's running down. Richard, appreciate you being here once again to share your expertise with our listeners. How, how can carriers and drivers get a hold of you who want to uh, stay on top of these regulations and also to inquire about your services?
4: Well, they can get it. That, I'm on I'm on Facebook under Rich, Richard Wilson. Uh, they can get a hold of me at um, uh, um, www.transproducts.com. transproducts. com or at rich dot wilson at transproducts dot com, uh, any one of those they can get a hold of me uh, and leave an email, and I'll get back with them or leave a message. Uh, you know, friend me on um, uh, Facebook and uh, just write a little comment that uh, hey, I heard you on uh, Blog Talk Radio talking to Alan, or, and uh, I'd like to ask you some questions. Um, a lot of times when I'm sitting in a hotel room at night. Uh, you can ask Carrie. Uh, we get into some very in-depth you know, conversations on you know and IMing each other, and I usually will try to answer everybody as much as possible. My job out here is to inform and make the drivers and smarter and more informed, so they know how to go and they can talk and they can give their opinions on this.
2: Okay, all right, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's um, Richard Wilson. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Uh, I mean, the expert on regulations. You heard it, man. It's got to, you got to follow him quick because man, he knows it upside and down. But uh, transproducts dot com. Uh, you get a hold of Richard just as he said just there. Uh, so thanks again, Richard. Appreciate it. We'll have you back on, and that's going to do it for this go around of Truth About Trucking Live. Donna, thanks for your help.
3: Oh, it's great. It's great to be back.
2: And thanks to our listeners for sharing a little of your time with us this evening. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And you heard Donna mention about truck driver Tony Justice invited to perform at the 2012 pre-Grammy Awards Party in Hollywood, California, a professional driver with his most recent album, On the Road, available at all pilot travel centers nationwide. So we'll leave you with Tony Justice performing the title song from the album, On the Road. And be sure to pick up your copy of On the Road at the Nearest Pilot Travel Center by fellow trucker Tony Justice. And we appreciate you tuning in, everyone online, those in the chat room, uh, Spirit CDL. We see you in there, see everybody there. Appreciate you being here. So until next time, for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening
1: That old truck She needs loving But she's out of love, He's on the road He's on the go He's on the road Hauling that load On down the line While he's out there In the fast lane Her life's moving slow He's on the road He's pulling into Phoenix She's pulling out her hair Tossing and turning Wishing he was there, he's on the road, he's on the go, he's on the road hauling that load on down the line. While he's out there in the fast lane, her life's moving slow, he's all wrong. She's cheated, she hopes he's been true She knows he's thought about it cause she's thought about it too He's on the road, he's on the go, he's on the road Hauling that load on down the line and While he's out there in the fast lane Her life's moving slow, he's on the road They shower in Atlanta And he called her on the phone down here in Georgia She said it's hard here home Get on the road Get on the go Get on the road Get back in these on the mine Now he's got those big wheels burning She's got the lights down low He's on the road He's got those big wheels burning She's got the lights down low He's on the road Don't